0: Welcome to the Silver Lined Relaunch. And today I am so excited to have this guest because she is embodying everything that we deep down wanna be doing, the excitement of life. And so I have Sunday Bean with me and you're gonna hear some really amazing stories here. And I think that you're going to be like inspired, there's going to be takeaways, let's get started. You're listening to The Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. Sunday, first off, I love your name. Love, love, love your name. Sunday, welcome to the Silver Line Relaunch.
1: Thank you. I cried about my name in kindergarten, but now I'm over it.
0: (laughs) Were you thinking that maybe you would rather have like Friday or Saturday?
1: (laughs) I just, (laughs) I don't know, maybe... I've had so many people make fun of my name over the decades. I, I tell people I offer them money. If I hear a joke I haven't heard before.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is there is there a backstory? Is there a reason that Sunday um, it, is Sunday? You know,
1: most people would think that uh, my parents were hippies or had some, you know, some reason. But actually, my brother and sister have very normal American names, Carrie and Mike. And my father just thought of my name one day when he was at his little sister's kindergarten graduation. And it stuck with him until the third child. That is so great.
0: Well, Mm -hmm. I did that whole, like my kids, I named Danielle, Derek, and Devin. (laughs) And I thought, thank goodness. I didn't, you know, I I didn't keep going because I started to run into like, what would be next? Like what what would I do? Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Enough about that. We are going to be jumping in. I want to hear, you know, For those that don't know you share some of like who you are and let us know about the most significant
1: relaunch that you've been through and that's why you're here you know that's hard for me to choose because my life has been made up of so many relaunches but just for those who aren't familiar with me um i came from the prairies of north dakota my father was a farmer or is a farmer, my mom, a housewife. I ended up going to school in Spain in a cloister that was converted into a school and then found myself backpacking through Southeast Asia and met my Swiss husband in Vietnam. That process as I came into adulthood was already a huge reset for a girl from the prairies. (laughs) But what I didn't know was ahead of me is that I would end up permanently leaving the United States or semi-permanently moving to Europe, establishing a life there beyond my dreams, and then giving all of that up and doing it again in West Africa and abruptly leaving West Africa to find myself in a pause phase until we suddenly left to South Africa. So my life is made up of many moments. And I haven't even mentioned motherhood, for example, that is definitely also a <laughs> reset. Yeah. I have, um, I have two children. So um, transition and reinvention is just part of my DNA. So let's
0: go back to this. And you are, you have a podcast and the name of the podcast is? Expat Happy Hour. Okay. cat happy hour. (laughs) Yes. Because you continue to move, to Mm -hmm. reinvent yourself, rebrand yourself in all of these new locations. But Mm -hmm. let's go back to the first one. The first time Mm -hmm. where you're like, you know, you meet this amazing man in Southeast Asia and you're like, okay, we're getting married. We're, you know, we're, we're making this happen. What is it about the thrill or the adventure or this, this going to all these different countries, where did that start?
1: That's totally from the prairie strange. land, right? Yeah. <laughs> where that did it weird. start? I remember being in the bathtub, um, one time, like when I must've been eight years old and I had been watching national geographic and the sand dunes and all these areas around the planet And I didn't have a sense of national boundaries. I thought, hey, this planet is amazing Mm -hmm. and I want to see it. And I want to see all these other amazing people that are on this planet. And I came from a very homogenous community. And I think I just had a hunger at a very early age to, to see what was out there. And that's you know led to a series of choices.
0: Okay, but your first
1: big adventure... What was that? Gosh, my first adventure.
0: Like the first one that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm no longer in Mm -hmm. the prairie land.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Culturally, I think one of the things, even though I had left the U.S. and traveled around Western Europe and we went to Tangier, so we're in Northern um, Africa and Morocco. That was pretty interesting, being in the Casbah and watching... um, Like all the things that you imagine when you hear the word casbah with the smells and the colors and culturally um, hearing things. I was with some friends from our study abroad program and they were talking to the man and they said, why do you let your women lead you? And I don't know if they were being playful or what they were trying to do, but I remember thinking, what? Like, things are really different. Um, That was, I mean, that was 20 years ago. That was a lot of um, traveling and adventure. But I think my, the biggest adventure was when I left the security of Switzerland with my young boys and gave up everything I had built. You have to understand, trying to learn a brand new language, coach in a different language, get established professionally get integrated in a brand new culture and had done the work to do all of that and then i picked all of that up and left it and brought my little babies <laughs> to west africa and it was a completely different language context cultural context um they were it was not as uh, much security or even um, as much development as where I was living and that was probably the biggest one because I thought wow this is dramatically different context than What was what the impetus that made
0: you move? What what is it? Like why do you So think-
1: well I mean pragmatically that was if you look at it from the outside, that was a job change for my husband, but that's really not what was going on. I knew my husband and I are a binational family. So we speak two languages at home. We have two passports, you know, um, per person. And we have two cultures that we bring together and we were both curious. What would it be like if we were in a third culture? What would it be like if we were not in your country or not in my country? And we got to create new ways of being and also that idea for our children to say, what would it be like if our bicultural kids, bilingual uh, kids could go to a third space and experience life there? And that's the bigger picture. I think that really drew it. And for me, because I'm also an interculturalist and a coach, I knew I had established myself well in Switzerland and I knew that I had already kind of maxed out on my growth and if I just stayed longer, my growth would stagnate. And that would also, I wouldn't be showing up as a professional as I want to, because I always want to be on the cutting edge of, of learning. And so it was a way for me to, to really have to let go of release my life, right, in mm. Switzerland and, and restart and create a completely new um, way of being in Abroad, And for me, it was also a reset because I went from a very comfortable corporate position to starting my own company and having to now I have a hundred percent location independent business. My clients are all over the world, but that took some time to build. And um, one of the most pivotal times was I was really wondering, do I really want to let go of all of this? I had worked so hard. Yeah. What a great, what a great question, right? right? Yeah. I mean, you, did, I you started so to develop,
0: you'd work, you have yeah. these kids. It's like ugh, starting over again means not just you, it's the children too. It's your relationships is trying to get, you know, the
1: friendships, the work. I mean, yeah, everything. And, and I was with a friend over lunch and I just said, I, you know, I had worked so hard to get where I was in Switzerland and, I feel like I'm going to start from scratch if I give it all up. And she said, you're not starting from scratch. She said, you bring all of your skills and your experience with you. And you know, I'm the coach and she's sitting there over a salad (laughs) coaching me. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like it was that, that light bulb moment where I was able to let go of fear Mm. and really (sighs) trust in my skills and abilities to, that I could lean on, but also the ones that I was going to create. So that was a really important, um, reset for me.
0: So Sunday, where are you right now?
1: In my journey? that?
0: I was actually talking countries right now, oh, but... country! right now I'm
1: in South Africa. So I'm in Pretoria. Okay. So you're mm-hmm. in South
0: Africa. And yeah. at this point you
1: have lived in how many countries? Um, I mean, long-term, the US, Switzerland, Burkina Faso, and South Africa, and Spain, but that was only a semester.
0: <laughs> okay. And there has been so much wisdom that has come from being in all these different locations and being a chameleon. And as you said, you're an interculturalist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which I mean up until I read your bio and started following <laughs> you I didn't I didn't know what that was. Can you share with us right. what yeah. what exactly you're doing?
1: Okay, so for people who aren't familiar with that sort of field, interculturalists are people who study culture and it doesn't mean we study countries. We study the ways in which our differences make a meaningful difference or the ways in which our similarities create ease when we work together. So for example, if you are hierarchy oriented or equality oriented, that will impact how you love, how you live, how you work, right? If you're a direct communicator or indirect communicator. And so I study those dynamics and they're always embedded in power and history, context and identity. And many people start that entry to those interesting things through nation, through countries, through traveling. But the color of a passport and the name on the top of the book is only one layer that when we get deeper, we discover so much more. And that's, that passion has been, that was lit in me when I traveled. And when I had to learn to have deep relationship with people from a very different way of communicating or seeing the world. So that's an interculturalist. I also do coaching, um, you know, probably much like you in terms of helping people through their transformations and their changes, but I just do it with an audience of people who are also at the same time with their own internal growth, changing Contexts, bringing their family away from one area to the next and are really living with what I would call Olympic level complexity sure. because it's oh, it's, I always say to people, it's hard enough to be like in your forties, eat well. <laughs> Mm-hmm. not yell at your kids, you know, be kind and make time for date night, right? Like that's already hard. And um and then do that when you have to pack up your entire house and move it and then you don't know what country you're going to land in. So that that sort of um complexity is the kind of things I deal with my
0: I like that about. Olympic level complexity. So
1: mm-hmm. are
0: you finding that there are a lot more people these days that are actually thinking about going and becoming an expat somewhere and Mm -hmm. you know and and why is that like what's happening?
1: Well we noticed um, in the numbers we noticed a spike of Americans um, inquiring about moving abroad during the Trump administration which I Mm -hmm. thought was interesting Um, and the projections of people living abroad are that it will continue to grow Um, Because of the grounding of many people who are globally mobile, there have been some questions how much that will return. But what we do know is there are about 50 million rotational expats, so people who move every two to four years for their work, and there are about 250 million people who are living outside of their passport country. So it is definitely something. I also think with the rise of um, gig culture and digital nomads and especially after the Corona, that it will increase because now we know it's okay to work location independent. Now we know we can. And so I honestly think that the trend will continue.
0: What are the top countries that people are primarily going to?
1: Gosh, I would have to get the numbers right in front of me, but I know really popular destinations are places that are very high level security and, um, Financial stability, right? So you're going to have places like Switzerland and Singapore, um, Australia. So it depends on who's moving for, you know, and why are they moving for quality of life. Um, But honestly, to be really honest, I think that um, what people uh, misestimate is that when you go to a highly secure, wealthy place, it might be lonely and isolating. So people don't expect that they're not going to love their life in Europe, for example. And people might feel afraid to go to other places because they just don't know anything. And when I told friends and family that I was moving to West Africa, it, it was quite a range of responses. It's because people have no idea. They All they've ever heard of was things in the movies, horrible stereotypes, fear-based responses. And um they don't understand actually what they're missing out on. And there was a time when, I don't mean to bring up the former administration again, but there was a time when uh, Trump brought up a statement about, uh, Africa being, I don't know if you swearing is allowed on this podcast, but S H I T, um, whole country. It's okay. We've all, we've all heard it and said it. (laughs) Yes. So, um, that was what he said about, about destinations on the continent that I live. And there was like a wave of social media afterwards of people from all over the continent, in beautiful places doing amazing things saying hey Trump you have no idea what you're talking about. And um, so I, I hate to say best places because I know there's a lot of really lonely people in in very developed cities in Europe that may, let's say Americans would romanticize. But they're isolated and they have a hard time meeting people. However, for example, living in East Africa or West Africa or South Africa, I know lots of people who've created amazing community and have had really rich experiences. So So I I always I, I,
0: I think of this as, you know, whether you are moving to a new city, like let's just say even in the US, or whether you're going abroad there are those fundamental like nerves, right? And it's funny Mm -hmm. because we're moving right now from San Francisco Bay Area to Colorado, Boulder. And I know very, very few people there. So I kind of have that like, you know, it. but I know the language, right? And I I know, you know, I know a lot about the area. But what do you, how do you... Recommend people go to these places. And are there certain steps that you're like, you know what? Here's mm-hmm. a great way to assimilate yourself into this new environment. What do you yeah. suggest?
1: I think it's a a, a lot of forethought is important. So before you go, you can already start creating connections with people before you get there. So if you know you're moving, right, and then you can create a connection with one or two fellow entrepreneurs or coaches or avid runners, whatever it is, and they can give you a sense of security that can also help soften your landing. They're also really great resource for local insight. And the problem is we have so many apps to tell us this, but Mm -hmm. there's nothing better than actual human communication (laughs) where we talk to people and we have real conversations and um, then you can start creating connections because... You can live in an amazing space, but if you don't have connection, we're seeing that also with the COVID crisis, that we're, we're starving for connection. So one or two people when you land is really important. And the other thing I think is important for people to be patient with themselves about is you actually step into a place of incompetence. And you're not expecting it, especially if you're going from California to Denver, you think I've got this same currency, same uh, language, et cetera, but you don't know where the grocery store is. Do you have to bring your own bag to go to the store or do they have bags there? Um, Is it polite when you go to a friend's house to bring flowers or should you have brought wine? Like uh, there's things that you don't know and you're constantly living in a space of incompetence and that's Okay. Right, so that's true. exactly I'm actually
0: I'm more concerned where I'm gonna get my roots done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that ongoing let's fade That's really
1: my concern. <laughs> <laughs> so those things are really, those go a long way, but like giving yourself some grace for you will have you will be incompetent. Like just plan for it. And then I would really nurture on, um, work on establishing your connections with the people that you love, that you left geographically and invest in the relationships that are now new to you. And of course, and I know that you know this already, um, and I'm sure you're listeners too, but don't forget about the relationship that might be at home because when you're in, because what's often happening is we have our regular lives and then we add transition on top of it. So we don't cancel parts of our life, we add it on top. And so the cup is like flowing over with commitments and responsibility. And that's where our, we actually dump on the people we love the most. We can. Oh, that is
0: so good. Those are pearls that are big. I mean, those are good Mm -hmm. ones, especially, you know, it was interesting when you said about the people at home, like making sure Mm -hmm. to keep in contact with Mm -hmm. them. You know, a lot of times we, we feel like oh we're here we need to really yeah. throw ourselves mm-hmm. into it but there is that element of you don't have to it doesn't have to be one or the other right
1: and yeah. here's a very good example for example when i met my husband i was hitchhiking throughout southeast asia and he saw this woman on her so own great. Don't, don't tell my mom uh, so great. This, he saw this confident woman who was very independent but when then he saw me in Switzerland, put me in a different context. I stood in front of three sandwiches and they were pre-wrapped, already made. And it was ham, salami, or cheese. And he's like, which one do you want? And I was frozen because I didn't want any of those, right? And he's like, who, what? You were the lady who was confidently backpacking throughout Southeast Asia. Now you can't even pick a sandwich. So you change the context And the individual changes. So you need to get to know who your partner is in this new context, in this transition. Because before they were in the height of competence, right? Mm. And now we're going to a place of incompetence. So you do have to also give each other more grace for um, impatience or misunderstandings. And it's even more important to mindfully connect with each other during those times, because it's not about you. It's you in a new context and you need to almost like relearn each other in that new phase.
0: This is so good for, I'm sure people hearing right now that are going to be making a move. It is the, the bells are going, the alarms actually <laughs> forget about the bells. The <laughs> alarms are going off in my mind. Cause you know, my husband e and I, I think about like my integration. I think about mm-hmm. like, oh, and and as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, she's got something there. I hadn't even thought about it. hadn't thought about that where he's going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's going to mm-hmm. be, he's going to be like thinking about like, where do I go work out? Where right. do I do this? Where do I, yeah. yeah, that's really good. And to have that connection because for us, we have, um, we had two different houses as a second marriage. We had two different houses and we were all over. Mm-hmm. And then we, we tried to come together an apartment in San Francisco, COVID hit. We ended up back in my house and now mm-hmm. we're finally coming together mm-hmm. with our own place. So a big relaunch for us that's about to be yes. happening in the next couple of weeks. But I really like what you said because it does, whether it's even just, you know, let's say moving 30 minutes away, there mm-hmm. is this, this need to make sure Mm -hmm. that you're going back and connecting and at all those different places. So I think that that was, that was really great. When you start to, you know, work with people and is there something that you find is a common thread with what you coach and, and how Mm -hmm. you deliver that message that you really always start with or lean into?
1: Yeah. I always start with mindset. Um, what I noticed when, you know, in your language, you would call it relaunch. I call it transformation. I do a thing called year of transformation. And I always start with the, the way in which they make some, themselves small or the way in which they limit themselves. And they might not even know it because that inevitably makes the dream phase, uh, sort of, um, amputated or smaller than they, it needs to be because they're starting from that base spot. So we, I call it, it's like, it's kind of like morning sickness where you want to have a baby and you're really excited, but you're vomiting every day. And you're like, why am I doing this? So the first three months where we're really in confronting, what do I really believe? And you probably know this whenever I've worked with women, it really boils down to a sense of self-worth and self-confidence has taken a hit somewhere along the way. And especially accompanying partners who give up their career perhaps, maybe even they're more educated than their partner and they go for the adventure for the family and their partner keeps their financial stability and they give up that part of their identity. So Mm. it's especially true there. And, um, we work on the mindset and then once they get clear on what their, you know, top 10 favorite lies are (laughs) that they tell themselves, um, then we start to love that your favorite
0: lies. That's so
1: good. (laughs) Oh, my favorite lies. I tell myself are, it's going to be difficult and it's going to take a long time, Mm. right? Those are mine. And, um, I've had those, I, I discovered them in 2008 and now it's okay because when I notice that they're there, I can at least be playful with them and work with them. Right. Um, but if I didn't know they were there, I would just believe the story. So we do that. Um, and then, then we'll go into the dreaming space and really give them permission to ask for what they want. And, and also something they might not have ever imagined before, something that doesn't feel rational, something that just pops from their body. Right. And that's when it gets really exciting because then we start making it happen. So oh, that's what I love, love, yeah. love, love mm-hmm. that. Okay. Well, unfortunately we
0: could <laughs> keep talking about all the experiences and keep talking about, you know, the tips and things that you recommend and the journey, the spiritual journey, the mindset journey, the, the tactical, how you do it. Mm-hmm. But at this point, mm-hmm. we have to now go into rapid fire, those oh. rapid fire questions. And I mentioned this to you, that I used to have these questions where I would, you know, same ones, same ones. And I got bored with them. So I started to be like, well, (laughs) I'll just use one or two. And then I'm like, well, you know, let's just throw them all out. And let me just, you know, ask what I really want to ask. So huge fan of travel. I'll try not to. (laughs) Huge fan of travel. (laughs) So favorite country that you have visited? Uh, Laos. Laos. Okay. Mm-hmm. Favorite country for food?
1: Uh, Thailand.
0: And what was it? What was the thing you loved?
1: I love green curry so hard. <laughs> <Green gasps> okay. Curry what is the that's... difference
0: between green curry, yellow curry or red curry? What, what is the difference?
1: It's the base curry that they make it from, the spices that they make it from that is That just changes the, the
0: color and the taste.
1: Yeah. Ah, and, did not know yep, that. it's made from different things. And of course, there's other flavors. I did a Thai cooking course, but it was a long time ago. So I can't remember all the details. Well,
0: one of my favorite, favorite, favorite is the peanut sauce in Thai food. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. put that on... I could put it on literally everything and I will eat tons of it. I love it. Okay. Nice. If you... Had one place to go visit on vacation
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the next, like when things are open, we understand that
1: where besides would it be? my parents, you mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where would it be? Okay. If I'm not going to go see my family, I would go to Bhutan. Okay. Tell us where that is between in Laos. So this is Southeast Asia, right? By Laos there, Nepal, all in the Himalayas area. So I'm a big fan of Southeast Asia.
0: Okay, and why do you like Bhutan?
1: Bhutan is, um, they have such a fascinating culture and they've done a lot to protect it. They have not allowed a lot of um, outside influence and because I love studying culture, I think it would be really fascinating to look at cultures that has per- persevered over centuries and millennia and not been deeply impacted by outside influence. So that's absolutely why I would go there.
0: Okay. Are we thinking that your next country to live in might be Laos?
1: Uh, Well, we don't have a choice for Laos. We will find out what options are on the table in summer, uh, but I am hoping to get in the direction of Asia. Okay. So we are, we just got a little like insight here that you're moving again. <laughs> we have, um, we have, so rotate your assignments are on mm-hmm. rotation for the way that our, our lives work. And in a year or two, you or every two to four years, you, your assignment comes up and you go to another place, but you don't always know where that is. So we'll be able to find out what is on rotation. And then try to get those favorite places. So I'm hoping the next spot we go to is Asia.
0: Oh, how amazing is that?
1: Okay. (laughs) Favorite poolside beverage? Oh, gosh. Um, Poolside beverage. Because it's cold. A nice cold IPA would be good. Oh, okay. You know, early Mm. afternoon, I would just go for a nice coffee. All right. And then...
0: If I were to ask you about what is your favorite beauty product and the name, <laughs> I want to tell you it is, uh, sleep. This is, this is one that We've already talked drink about it. I'm laughing
1: already. All right. Bring it on, girl. Sleep, eight hours of sleep is my favorite beauty product, and you will know when I'm using it. <laughs> and you will know when I'm not.
0: <laughs> is that not so true? If we Mm. just got more sleep, how much better we look. I mean, no doubt. Little sleep. (laughs) And as you said, little sleep, little water, little exercise. That's actually truly, truly, as you said, the best beauty product. I love that. Okay. (laughs) And last but not least, what does powerhouse of possibility mean to you?
1: Oh my gosh. Inner strength. If I can just tap Mm. in to that inner strength, then it makes it all a powerhouse of possibility
0: and Sunday you've got such a wealth of inner strength I mean I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking about your journey and the journey that you're still on and the you know it doesn't as as we discussed earlier it doesn't matter the destination it's Mm -hmm. it's about the journey and you're Mm -hmm. you're living life you're you know I always say live now love now and it's like I really Mm -hmm. I feel it I feel it from you so thank you so much for sharing this amazing journey that you are on. And how can people get in touch with you and learn more about what you do?
1: Oh, I would love to hear from people. Uh, My website is sundaybean.com, S-U-N-D-A-E-B-E-A-N. And my podcast is Expat Happy Hour.
0: Oh, definitely. We will have this in the show notes. Thank you again. And so excited to just keep hearing where you are off to. I feel like it's where's Waldo, right? But instead it's <laughs> where's, it's where's Sunday.
1: Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait. Now, you know who to call if you're feeling stressed out about your transition in Colorado. I got I've got you. I
0: mean, I'm like, you're my new friend.
1: This is going to be, yes. <laughs> I need a coach
0: to get me through this, so thank you again, and it was a pleasure having you on the show. Mm -hmm. It's been fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review? And share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations